my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author. I started this show to share life lessons and hot mess moments along with a few shenanigans to let you know you're not alone in this roller coaster of life. Each week, you'll get a solo episode or an interview to help you improve your self-confidence, create healthy relationships, or become a better parent. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe and I'll automatically show up in your downloads each and every week. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, I think you're going to love this episode. I had the opportunity of visiting with Gail McDonald. She's a British mom of two boys living in southern Spain. I know, right? Doesn't that sound heavenly? She quit drinking in March of 2018, and because of the profound transformation that she experienced, it's become her life's mission to help other women transform their relationship with alcohol and transform their lives in a way that is empowering and just feels good. So Gail's actually an addiction therapist, a sobriety coach, and a spiritual life coach. Like she is the full package. And, you know, she's pretty fun. She loves tea and long walks with her dogs in the Spanish countryside. Just even hearing that makes me feel cozy inside. (laughs) It just feels so good. I think you'll love this because whether you are someone who drinks or someone who doesn't, there's information and nuggets of wisdom throughout this discussion that she and I had. It was so empowering. And honestly, she talks about some tough things like the shame of drinking too much and the aftermath that that causes, as well as the shame that comes from abstaining and not drinking. It's kind of cool to actually hear her discuss the shame that is on both sides of that topic. She talks about her life journey, how she got to this point, and how she specifically helps people who come to her who are ready to change or make a change in their life and all the good stuff. Now, because you're listening to this, I'm going to give you all the ways to get a hold of her. She's all she's all over. She's got a website. She's on Instagram. We've got a few freebies in here that we're going to talk about and how you can get a hold of her. But to make it simple for you, I'm going to put it on my website. So go to theheartofconfidence.com forward slash Gail McDonald to get all the links and how to reach her. So I'll make it super simple for you that way. So again, it's theheartofconfidence.com forward slash Gail McDonald. And you spell her name G-A-Y-L-E-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. All right. So let's check out the interview. All right, Gail, I would really love for our listeners to be able to know a little bit about you and the things that you do. So tell us about Gail. Yeah, well, Gail is a mom living in the south of Spain with her two boys, a husband and two dogs. And I am a sobriety coach and I'm actually a qualified addiction therapist. And what I do is I help women to transform their relationship with alcohol in a way that feels good because there's a lot of you know shame and stigma and guilt around surrounding kind of giving up alcohol but in reality it is the best thing that somebody can do for themselves it's nothing like you imagine it to be and I think it's the thought of it 
that is, you know, often, well, it is, it's worse than the reality. It's nothing like you imagine it to be. So I, I like to help people create a life that they love without alcohol and feel good and empowered and inspired by choosing this uh, alcohol-free lifestyle. That's awesome. So when you talk about transforming the relationship of alcohol, and you mentioned something that kind of made me perk up a little bit, and that is the shame of giving up alcohol. Tell me more about what you find with that or hear about that. Um, Yeah, well, there's a lot of shame around it because our society, wherever you are in the world, I suppose it's the same. We're led to believe that if you want to stop drinking, then you are the one who must have a problem with alcohol. Um, and actually, you know, the thought of not wanting to drink just because you don't want to is quite alien to a lot of people. And it's that shame and stigma that prevents people from wanting to take this step in the first place, myself included, because, you know, I was like, oh gosh, if I do this, then will people think I'm an alcoholic? Will they think I've got a problem? And really, it's not us who've got the problem. It's alcohol. Alcohol is an addictive substance. Um, So when we think about changing our relationship with alcohol it does often come from a place of shame and negativity and the word sober is not very exciting either so there's a lot of negativity around the whole thing but the reality is different yeah it really feels like for you know alcohol is kind of its own being almost there it's we have so much of our culture is around it, whether your culture is to completely abstain or to drink, you know, either way, it's, 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 it's a big deal. And it involves so many activities and so many things. And, you know, we're getting ready for the holidays. And I know that there's usually a lot of that that goes on, you know, company parties, family parties, and maybe that's not happening as much this year, but it's still happening and we still have the stress around it. So not only is it social, but it's also sometimes it's the comfort. It's the glass of wine at the end of the day. It's, you know, kicking your feet up and enjoying a beer, that kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, if you think about it, alcohol is everywhere and alcohol figures in so many situations and occasions, you know, like you just said, socializing, unwinding, relaxing, coping. And I think it's because over the years we've been conditioned to believe that alcohol helps with everything. It's the go-to solution for however you want to feel, whether that be, you know, better or good or relaxed or, you know, drown your sorrows is a typical thing that's mm-hmm. in um, And it's just the thought of doing those things without alcohol is very much an alien concept. It is. And so I have a question, like when you have people come to you, are they looking for, do they feel like they have a problem or are they looking for, maybe they want to get healthy and eat cleaner and have just consume 
things that are healthier. What is the first step? Like, what do they do? Yeah, um, usually people come to me because they want to stop drinking. They're in that place where they've realized that either alcohol is taking over their lives and getting in the way of them living the life that they want to or being the person that they want to be. So they want to remove it from their lives. Or they're kind of worried about the future. They see themselves, and this happened a lot during lockdown actually, drinking more and more to cope and worried about what the future might look like if they don't get a handle on it or stop right now because it you know it's a slippery slope really um and then after that then comes you know the the exercise the healthy habits the eating better all the other things that make for a healthy lifestyle fall into place But usually it's the initial, okay, I need to get a handle and some support regarding my drinking. Yeah. So you mentioned that they have realized that it has taken over. I know that sometimes from the outside, we can see when it's taken over in someone else. But what are some of the signs that it's taken over for us? Because sometimes it's too close to home and we miss those signs. So what would people look for if they're you know, maybe this is the first time they've thought, man, I kind of wonder if I'm drinking too much, or I wonder if this is becoming a problem. What would be some, some signs? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that if you're having those thoughts, then there's something up. Um, There's your sign. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, because we don't have those thoughts about, I don't know, sandwiches or soup or carrots. You know, you don't wake mm-hmm. up in the morning thinking, gosh, I had far too much soup yesterday. I better stay off the soup for a while. Um, so if you're having those thoughts, then it's a sign. Um, and if you're waking up with, you know, the shame or guilt or regret um, that you did it again if you didn't want to. So, you know, putting rules in place for yourself that you never stick to, that is um, another sign. And perhaps also worrying or panicking if there's no alcohol in the house, you know, or buying extra just in case you run out. When your thoughts or very centered around alcohol and drinking and how much, when, what, then, you know, that is a sign. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, that one or two glasses. If you feel that you can't do without those two glasses, then that's something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just when it becomes something that you have to start working your life around, like, I know um, a few months ago here with the lockdown, our liquor store closed and people kind of panicked because they couldn't go in and get alcohol. And it was like, it'll be fine. You know, you can go a couple weeks without it, but it's, and they could, but it was just that, that fear of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do if I can't get in there? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that um, came up for me as you were speaking was, what 
does this do to your family? What does alcohol do to maybe your physical health and then maybe your social health as well? What are some of the side effects to alcohol use? The fact that it becomes all consuming, you know, from my own personal experience, it was the first thing I thought about every day. Um, I was always worrying about it and it was my priority. You know, I'm quite ashamed to say that if money was tight, then I would make sure that I bought the alcohol first before I even thought about food even. You know, it got to the stage where it was quite desperate. and. If my kids needed anything, I'd be like, oh, we can't afford that. But yeah, I'd go out and spend whatever it was on Mm -hmm. alcohol. So that's not a good place to be. And also, um, if you're drinking because of the effects of alcohol, you're not fully present and focused and in control of what you are doing. So in terms of, you know, being a mom, for example, you might be there helping with homework, let's say, but you're not actually there in mind and spirit um, because you're you're just in your own little bubble of wine or whatever it is that you're drinking, and that becomes your your focus. Yeah, it's it's almost like it creates a barrier between you and, like you were saying, with your kids. If you're helping with homework you you're not fully present you're not giving them your all because you have kind of created this little haze that prevents you from being there fully yeah yeah absolutely yeah you're never fully there for anything right and i think that in life what we need more now than ever is that connection and that presence and that tightness and and to be able to communicate with people and yet this will create a little bit of a film and make that a barrier yeah yeah it does um there's a famous quote i think it's by Brene brown and she says um if you numb the bad you also numb the good and that's so mm-hmm. you know many people drink myself included to numb out but you numb everything you're not mm-hmm. you know you're not living a life of clarity or focus. Everything's blurred. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought about that. But yeah, when you're, you know, even if you just come home to have one drink and kick your feet up and numb the feeling of the day, you also numb those positive interactions that you have when you get home. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. So I think sometimes... Um, And one of the things you mentioned was rules and having rules with yourself. I think sometimes it's not not necessarily all consuming and a drive. It's just a habit. So you get in the habit of coming home and having that drink. Mm. How do you break that habit? What are some some tips for that? The first thing is um, that you have to want to do it. You know, really feel it in your bones. and make the decision and commit to it. Because if you don't, then it's so easy just to say, oh, you know, one won't, won't hurt or I'll start or I'll try again tomorrow. But if you really want to do it, then you have to go all in, I would say. Um, and then, you know, just think of ways to get the feeling that you're trying to achieve with a drink 
So for example, if you want to relax or, you know, just kick off your shoes and sink into a chair and forget the day, how else can you do that without a drink? And often it's merely the act of just, you know, flopping down in a chair and taking your shoes off. That's what we want. We don't necessarily want the wine or whatever it is that's in the glass. So think about ways that you can feel good, relax, unwind, um, you know, have a release, going for a run or a walk or talking or having a good cry. All of those are healthy ways to achieve what it is that we're trying to achieve. So listen to your body, get curious and you know, experiment and explore what else can you do? Yeah, I love that. It's replacing one bad habit for something that's a better habit. It's doing something that's better for your body. And really, that would be an individual thing because one person might want to go for a walk where someone else would want to read. And so really, the sky's the limit. You can choose whatever helps you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a personal journey as well. So, you know, listen to yourself, listen to your inner voice and do what feels good for you. It's not about giving anything up. It's about what you gain. Um, and the thing is as well with, with alcohol, you know, it's a, it's a quick fix, but it never really works in the long run. But these healthy habits, you know, like yoga or meditation or a daily walk, the more you do them, the better you will feel and the more longer term impact they will have on your general physical and mental well-being. Yeah, it's staying consistent is when you see the bigger results. Yeah, yeah, it is. So help us understand what what made you quit quit drinking and go on this path? Did you have a rock bottom or were you just more concerned about your health? What happened for you? Um, well, I'd been thinking about and worrying about my drinking for a long time. I did have a kind of a, a rock bottom moment. Um, I actually, I'm ashamed to say this, but I got in the car, like really, really drunk, so drunk that I couldn't see. Um, and I had my son with me. Thankfully, I didn't drive anywhere, but that was enough to make me think, gosh, what are you doing? You know, how could mm -hmm. you do that? I was so ashamed that I would put my son in that situation. Um, but that wasn't enough to make me stop because of, you know, the feelings of shame and guilt were so painful. I turned to the only thing that would numb them out. And unfortunately, that was more alcohol. So I kept that up for a few months after that. Um, and then it just gradually came to a place where I was just felt so unhappy with myself, with my life, that I had nothing to get up for in the morning. Um, I would drink as soon as I could. So my wine o'clock, if you like, was half past two in the afternoon. I couldn't imagine an afternoon without a few beers or a few glasses of wine. And I thought, you know, this is no way to live. 
I wasn't achieving anything with my life. I just felt awful. Um, my husband was also quite a big drinker. And because of that, the arguments got worse. Um, it, home wasn't a very nice place to be at all. And one day he actually said, I'm going to stop drinking. Uh, I think you should too. And wow. I know. Um, and half of me was like, what are you mad? Can't possibly do that. And the other half was just, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, and he actually stopped the day before me because there were three beers in the fridge and I couldn't leave them there. <laughs> I can relate. Yes. <laughs> it does the same thing even when we're trying to, you know, eat healthier. There's three cookies left or whatever. Oh, I know. Um, so I drank those beers um, and then the day after we didn't buy any more alcohol and, and that was that. Um, and that was actually next week, I will be 1000 days alcohol free. So it was wow. a thousand days ago when that happened. So you just quit cold Turkey. Yeah, I did. I did. Has he been able to stay sober with you? Yeah, absolutely. We're both alcohol free. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. It hasn't been easy all the time, but the best thing that we've ever done by far. Yeah. What a great, you know, opportunity to do that together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful for the support and so grateful that he kind of took the first step, I suppose, and planted the seed. I dread to think where I might be if if we hadn't come to that kind of decision together. Right. So what was the before and after of your just your your relationship, your marriage, before you quit drinking? I mean, you were mentioning that there were fights that were escalating. What what did that look like before you quit and how does that compare to now? Well, before we quit, um, we, we drank together. It always kind of started off as quite a social thing. And, you know, we would bond, I suppose, over a few beers. But more often than not, it would turn into an argument. Um, because, you know, when you're drinking, everything's kind of amplified. So one wrong look or one wrong remark would just spark off a whole horrible chain of events we would say things we didn't mean maybe do things we didn't want to do um everything <clears throat> well not everything a lot of things were neglected you know our time together was centered around drinking so we didn't have that deep meaningful connection <clears throat> we didn't have those conversations um it was all very chaotic um, and no kind of consistency or calmness or patience or listening, you know, we wouldn't really listen to what the other person was saying. And a lot of it was kind of reacting to the other person's needs or comments. Um, mm -hmm. 
Um, and then there would be the dull moments afterwards, you know, the day before would be very subdued. We would both be wallowing in our, our own guilt and regret and asking each other, you know, what did I say or apologizing for something, but not really quite knowing what you're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a good place. But now, um, you know, we still have arguments and discussions as all you know, couples do, but it's a lot calmer. The atmosphere at home is so much nicer than it was. We talk to each other. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to say what I need or what I want or, you know, that's big. That's big because I think a lot of us have that fear. We, we try to hide it and say, you know, I'm fine. No, it doesn't bother me. And we're afraid to say what we need or what we want. And so the fact that you've been able to get to a place where you're able to do that is huge. Oh, yeah, it is. And I think it's because of the, the self-confidence that I've got back. Because when you're drinking, it kind of eats away at everything, including your self-esteem and your self-confidence. You know, I never felt worthy or deserving of anything, even, you know, wanting to go to bed early. I didn't feel like I would be allowed to do it because I had to stay there and drink with mm-hmm. him. You know, but now, because of I know what I need, whereas before I didn't even know what I needed. And I do have the confidence to ask for it, you know, even if it's just, um, can you, I don't know, do the school run this morning? Or can you do this while I go to bed? Or um, can you cook? You know, simple things. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do make a huge difference. They do. And it helps your you know, your relationship truly become a partnership when you can be clear. And I think for the most part, people want, you know, you want to please your partner and they want to please you, but we don't know how to do it and we can't read each other's mind. And if we can't focus and be able to learn to say, hey, will you help me with this right now? Like Mm -hmm. just being able to express that most of the time people are, are happy to to oblige. They're happy to help you, but you have to be able to make that ask. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it's, and it's having that belief that you are worth it in yourself. That I think is the first step because otherwise, you know, you can just soldier on and carry on and bear grudges and it it doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, And it's not their fault. If they don't know, you know, like you said, they're not mind readers. So you either have to learn to ask or be confident in being able to explain what you want. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a difference in the relationship with your kids as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I've got a teenager. Well, he's 19 almost. Um, and I think he suffered a lot of the you know, the drinking days. And I've also got an 11 year old and he actually noticed very quickly that we weren't drinking. He would say things like, Oh, daddy doesn't get angry anymore. Or, um, it's nice that you're here with me instead of 
you know, wanting to leave early. I would do that a mm. lot. I would skip through pages of the book. I would say, you know, oh, come on, let's get back because I have to do this when really all I wanted to do was get back and, and drink. So we talk a lot more. We do things together more. We have proper family time where we're all involved. You know, family time, I suppose, used to be everyone sitting in the same room, maybe eating or watching something, but we would all be in our separate little worlds. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on in their world. And I would be very unpredictable with them. There was no consistency. So one day I would let them stay up late watching Netflix or playing Minecraft. And the other day... I would just shout at them for no reason or say, you know, you can't be up at this time. It's too late. So they didn't really know where they stood with me, which is just awful, really, when I think about it now. But we do have that connection and that open communication. And they know that they can rely on me now. and They know that mm -hmm. they can talk to me and ask me anything and I won't fly off the handle for no reason. Well, and I think that when you're in a sober place, you notice those those little cues that your kids give you. I mean, it's great that your little one is making the comments and bringing it to light, but sometimes, you know, I've I've been in my kitchen stirring, you know, whatever I'm cooking and my middle child is really good to call me on it. But if I wasn't paying attention or if I was, you know, well, specifically if I was drinking and had alcohol on board, because if it's attention, it can, I can be brought back mm -hmm. if I'm lost in my thoughts. But if it's alcohol and, you know, you miss that look where he shakes his head and says, you're not even listening. Yeah. You know, it's, you would miss those cues that they're giving you that, Hey, I want your attention and I want your time. Yeah. Yeah, you would, you would. And if you did see it, then maybe you would ignore it or get annoyed mm. because they wanted your time, whereas all that, you know, I wanted was to be in my own little world of, of alcohol. Yeah, you wanted to be left alone where yeah. that's kind of the opposite of what rationally we need from families. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know it's, yeah, it's not good. You know, and as you were talking, I was hearing, you know, you had the shame cycle going on where you were ashamed for something you said or did, and then you would feel more ashamed for doing that, and then you would feel terrible about yourself, so you would, you know, reach for that habit, reach for that cycle again to bury yet the more shame, and it just kind of was a downward spiral, and then since you stopped all the things that, I, I mean, I've heard tons of positivity come from you, like self-confidence and how that's changed your communication. It's changed your family life. There are so many positive changes that has happened from the beginning of that, basically that decision. And did it take a long time for that transition to happen? Did you stay stuck in shame for a while or did you how long did it take for you to start feeling better? Um, well, I'll be honest. I did find it actually quite easy because I felt such immense 
freedom right from the start. That, you know, that first morning that I woke up after a, a sober sleep, I was just free from the fog and the dread and you know, the fact that I slept through the night was amazing in itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so to wake up and not have those thoughts and those feelings anymore, that was just so liberating. And I just thought, wow, you know, if this is normal, like normal people feel like this all the time. <laughs> but for me, it, it wasn't normal. And I was just so kind of blown away by how amazing normality feels I just thought there's no way I'm going back to that ever it was just such an amazing transformation in how I felt and the clarity in my mind you know I was free from those negative thoughts and when they're all consuming and they take over everything it is a massive transformation to not have them and I just thought wow yeah this is it I'm definitely on the right path here yeah yeah that's awesome and that feeling of freedom I think we want that in so many ways and that's one great way to be able to recognize that you're on the right path is when you can feel inside that internal feeling of yes that's and feel that freedom that comes with that mm, yeah yeah and you know that's what that's what really kept me going because I did have cravings <clears throat> I did get a, attacks of mum guilt and I did struggle with emotions as we all do because when you're just used to numbing everything down it can be really difficult to know what to do when you suddenly feel angry or sad or upset or guilty um you don't know what to do with that but the freedom of being alcohol free you know the freedom of the thoughts from alcohol they just it just kept me going I knew that you know I was never going to give that up for anything so I would just get through it however I could mm-hmm you know, I think you would have to have a lot of patience with yourself because if if you're, you know, the majority of your life, you've been spending it um, numbing in one way or another, and now you're choosing differently, you have to recognize that it's going to take you some time to learn how to process those feelings and, and deal with what's coming up for you. It, it takes time. And we're so used to a quick fix and that's not the case here. You'd have to be patient with yourself to allow yourself to feel what's coming up and think about it and process it that way. Was that something that you noticed in your life? Yeah, it was um, because I'd never, as you said, you know, allowed myself to feel anything, even that feelings of happiness yeah I thought I would be giving them a little boost by you know drinking something sparkly or whatever but you know really it, it just took away from everything so I never really experienced true feelings of happiness and bliss as I do now which in itself is you know quite difficult to handle when it first yeah. happens um but the feelings you know the bad feelings um 
the worry, the anxiety, the guilt, um, you know, all of those things, they do take a lot of getting used to, you know, and I suppose it's just about being kind to yourself and allowing yourself to feel them and and not try and fix them, Mm -hmm. just let them be because they do pass um, and patience, absolutely. Patience and kindness and a lot of self-love and a lot of self-care. So I have a question. What should someone do if they're worried about their drinking or they're feeling like either either it's becoming a problem or they just want to drink less or stop altogether for health reasons? What, what would they do? The first thing is not to ignore that little voice or that little feeling. It's there for a reason. So listen to that voice or that feeling. Um, and never compare yourself to other people. We do this a lot, you know, oh, such and such drinks more than I do and they're fine. But really, we don't know exactly what's going on with other right. people. So it's not helpful to compare yourself. Listen to yourself um, and begin to explore why you might be feeling this way. Why um, are you turning to the wine when you don't really want to? A lot of kind of mindfulness, self-awareness, curiosity happens in the beginning. So ask yourself, what is it that I'm trying to achieve with this glass of wine? Um, for example, is it really giving me what I want? Uh, would I be better off? doing something else perhaps and allow yourself to try different things explore but you know be kind to yourself as well so if all you want is an early night for example then go and do that and just see what happens and I would say talk to people as well thankfully these days and especially now you know there's so much online support which is so helpful if we can't get you know face to face with people and a lot of people as well are nervous about going to see their doctor they're perhaps not the best place to start so you know join facebook groups uh, read blogs visit websites um, ask questions and find out from people who have been there, done it, who are doing it, what it's really like to not have alcohol in your life anymore. You know, I love that because I've I've heard other people talk about um, sobriety as being able to live the life of their dreams and one in which they never could have imagined it being that good. And, you know, I think when you're in that moment, that feels so far, that feels so distant that it's hard to grab onto that. But yet what I like about that is it's just a feeling. It's not an accomplishment. It's not checking off boxes. It's not, you know, if you think about changing a career, that takes small steps, but lots of them, and it can feel very overwhelming. And this can too. But if you're focusing on I just want to feel better right now in this moment and today, and I'm going to choose 
to do it the right way or to do it a different way because what I've been doing isn't working. So I'm going to try something else. And, you know, to really just search for that feeling like you've so well described. Yeah, I think that's important to stay in the moment as much as you can. Um, You know, if you'd asked me almost a thousand days ago, if I would get to a thousand days, I would not have believed you at all. And I think having that big number as well would have probably been enough to not even let myself try because I just wouldn't have been able to believe that I could do it. But Mm. I knew that I could get through five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, an afternoon. And the more moments you get through, the more confidence you build up, the better you feel. Um, And it gives you that strength and motivation to keep going and to see what else you can do. But definitely don't put any pressure on yourself. Just take it moment by moment, if you have to. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as humans or women or something, I don't know, but I think that we have a tendency to underestimate our potential and to think, you know, we jump to, well, I can't do that. When in reality, we are so much more powerful than we ever, you know, imagine. And as you were talking about listening to yourself and exploring what's going on, the mindfulness, I I was thinking about how, you know, we come home from a stressful day at work and reach for that drink and we're wanting to numb it. And we don't take that time to be mindful and to say, why do I need this letdown after work? Is it do I have a terrible boss? Is it time for to look for a new career? Or is it, you know, my home life is a mess and something needs to be cleaned up there or some changes need to happen? And I think that, you know, if we, that can be completely life-changing in and of itself is to just be mindful. Why, what am I trying to, to numb? Yeah. And we get, we don't think about that every time we grab you know, grab that drink. It's not conscious. So just simply making that shift. And that's a simple, easy shift to just when you reach for that, that's your trigger moment of, okay, what am I numbing? Mm. And make yourself aware can be, can be life-changing just that one step. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with that completely because, you know, alcohol is often, the solution to another problem before it becomes a problem itself. We obviously, as you say, escaping from something or numbing from something. Um, and when we do stop drinking, it's, it's never just about living the same life without alcohol in it. Life changes when you remove alcohol from it because you do have that clarity and that awareness and that confidence to kind of say, okay, well, this isn't working or I'm not happy with this or I want more of this in my life and being able to go after what it is that you really want or change things that are not making you happy. So alcohol, you know, blocks all of that um that clarity and when it's gone then we begin to really 
kind of get clear about ourselves and what we want and how we want to feel and what we don't want. So it is a really important first step to creating a life that you actually love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So you have a guide if people want to be able to learn where to start, how to how to begin. You have a free guide. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's called um, kind of Beat Wine O'Clock or Get Through Wine O'Clock because when we think about not drinking anymore or taking a break, then Wine O'Clock is often the first hurdle that we have to come up against. (laughs) The first trigger, like you said, coming home from work and getting a glass of wine straight away. Um, And the guide will help you to... Get through wine o'clock. I actually call it turn wine o'clock into joy o'clock. So mm-hmm. finding something else wonderful and fun and amazing that makes you feel good to do in that moment. So there's lots of hints and tips about what you could try to turn your wine o'clock into joy o'clock. And there's also, as an extra bonus, a guided visualizations. I do visualizations a lot. So if you can, you know, really visualize yourself having an amazing wine o'clock where you're not drinking, then when it comes to actually doing it, you've already practiced it in your head. You've already seen what you're going to be doing, feel how you're going to be feeling. And it just makes it a whole lot easier and more fun. I love that because you know, I think a lot of times we aren't prepared for what else to do in that moment. So the lack of preparation is just like, well, I don't know what else to do. So I grab it. But if you have done that visualization and actually practiced in your mind, your plan B, then when you get to that point, you have almost from memory or, you know, from that visualization, you have already gotten the plan. It would help make that so much more successful. You could be more successful because you have that plan and you've pictured yourself following through with it. Yeah. Yeah. You've already done it. Um, you know, and your mind doesn't really know the difference between imagination and doing things in reality. So the more you can practice in your mind, then the easier it's going to be when you come to do it for real, because you've already done it. Yeah. So where can they get their hands on this free guide of yours? Uh, they can go to soberbliss.com and right at the very top, there's a little banner that says, give me my free guide to wine o'clock. So just click on that and sign up and then it'll be on its way to you. Oh, perfect. That will be fun. I, I'm definitely going to check that out as well. <laughs> Now, I think you also mentioned you have something coming up in January. I do. And um, you are the, really the first person to know. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that I've kind of noticed and one of the things that my current clients tell me is how important it is to have ongoing accountability and support through, you know, daily emails or messages or connection over Zoom. So from January, um, I'm launching an accountability 
membership so people can have access to me every week through um through zoom through there's going to be a facebook group you know this is all a kind of brand new i haven't really figured out the nuts and bolts of it yet but they will be able to be part of a supportive, loving, kind, caring community where we can all get together and help each other through the good times, the bad times, the struggles, you know, share our wins, our plans, our dreams, um, and help each other because it's a journey. It's an ongoing thing and you know, things change all the time and you need somebody there who gets what you're going through and can be there to show support and guidance and love without any judgment. So that's what I'm creating for January. What a valuable gift to people because, you know, so many times we try to do the hard stuff by ourselves And I mean, you can, I don't, I don't ever want to underestimate someone's ability to do that, but it, it takes some of that burden off your shoulders when you can join a community who can help lift you and inspire you and keep you going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great that you're offering that to people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. Um, because often, you know, when I do coaching, I've got a three month program at the moment, but after that, people say, oh, can I keep going? Because I just love the support and I love the connection. So that's the plan to keep everybody supported and connected through their whole journey, however long they need it for, however long they want it for. I want it to be there for everybody who needs it. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things I love about online is it's discreet. You know, sometimes I live in a small town where everybody knows everybody's business and sometimes going someplace live is hard to do in a small town because you're going to run into your neighbors and then you worry about what they might say. And so I love, I love the comfort in an online community that, you know, you might run into your neighbor there, but most likely not. (laughs) And so I love that that's an option for people if they're, you know, maybe they know they need the support, but they're, they're, you know, feeling those, those feelings of shame and that you had talked about and they're not wanting to open up within their family or their community or their, their current circle and to be able to reach out to another group where you can get support across the world. That's, that's incredible. Mm, yeah, yeah. And the fact, you know, that you just touched on it there, uh, support from across the world, you can be talking to people from like we are today, completely other side of the world to you, but you still got that connection and friendship. And it, in some ways, it's it's easier to do it online. And mm-hmm. you do get to meet some wonderful people who you would never otherwise get to meet if you were just stuck in your town or city or village. Right. And so if they're interested in that, can they find that at your website as well? They will be able to soon, um, but just send me an email or leave me a message on Facebook or Instagram and let me know that you're interested. It's so brand new that I've not even 
got anything up on the website yet, but um, but don't panic. Um, you can get in touch with me and just let me know and I'll send out details as soon as it's up and running. Okay, great. And I will make sure I give everyone who's listening the way to find you and some of those links so they can get to you really quickly. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate that. Okay, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know? The main thing is um, to be absolutely kind and caring and loving to yourself and treat yourself as often as possible um, and not feel guilty about it. You know, I used to feel so guilty about going to bed early or, you know, having a bath in midday or whatever, because, you know, that's just not what we're conditioned to to think. We're, mm-hmm. we, we're not allowed to put ourselves first in that way. But when you're changing something that's been such an ingrained habit for such a long time, it's so important not to feel deprived or that you're missing out. So you need to ramp up the self-care and the self-love as much as you possibly can. So, you know, buy the cake, buy the lipstick, (laughs) um, buy all the books, you know, go to bed when you want to and, um, just look after yourself really and don't feel bad about it because you are the most important person in your life. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think so many times we forget that, you know, it's okay. Like you said, buy the nail polish, you know, we just, there are so many little things that we can do to, to be kind to ourselves, And we, we don't do that enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, change that and start putting yourself first. You know, it's that whole thing of you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So fill the cup, absolutely, Mm -hmm. with as much, you know, love and treats and gorgeousness as you possibly can. Yes. Well, Gail, thank you so much. This has been so fun to be able to learn about you. And I want you to know how much I admire you, the choice that you made and that you stuck with it. And now based on what you've done, you're able to help others. Like that is the greatest gift is to be able to use what you've been through to help improve the lives of others. And I really respect and admire you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, I felt like I'd been let into the biggest secret in the whole wide world when I stopped drinking. And I just thought, you know, other people need to be let into this secret as well, because it's just amazing. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I do what I do. It, It shouldn't be a secret. Everybody should get to experience it. Yes, I love that because there's so much goodness for everyone. It's not limited. It's not just, well, she got it, so I can't. No, we all get to have that. We do. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I've enjoyed this so much. Isn't she great? I just loved getting to talk to her and hearing the calm and the peace that is even just in her voice, such a great individual and doing such important work. And, you know, her efforts are 
to make the world a better place for one person at a time. So if you resonated with this episode or you had someone come to mind who could use this, please, please share it with them. Please let them hear this and help her help them or help her help you. So remember, you can find all the links and the information to get a hold of Gail on my website. It's theheartofconfidence.com forward slash Gail McDonald. And that's G-A-Y-L-E-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. So make sure you check that out. And yeah, check out the things that she's got on her website, all of her social media posts. There's a wealth of information out there for you today. And you can start this process at any point. So I hope that you take the challenge to better yourself. You know, 2021 is coming up and it is time for some serious change. Before I sign off, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, for staying through the show and for being you, for working on yourself, for growing your confidence, because you are like that little pebble in a pond. You toss it out there and you watch the ripples and it touches, it spreads so broadly. And that is you. The work that you do on you every single day impacts others in ways that you cannot imagine. So thank you. Thank you for being here and for being you. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and I will be back in your downloads next week. 